Congratulations! Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Welcome to another episode of Congratulations, the mini podcast brought to you by You Can Tell Me Anything, brought to you by me, where I hype up my friends, you, my followers, and myself, because sometimes it's just nice to congratulate each other. You know, there's a lot of shit going on in the world. Um, There always is a lot of shit, though, to be fair. It's what we focus on. I was recently talking to my boyfriend about how I always notice when I see twins in the wild um, because I'm a twin and he was like you do notice twins so I'm like yeah that's why I want more twin representation um mostly I joke about that it's like but half serious because you don't ever really just see twins on tv being themselves like individuals like they're usually written in as a plot device which makes sense but in real life here we are just living our lives um uh, no there's so many more <laughs> pertinent um other things that uh, other groups of people that need to be represented uh mostly it is a joke but it is to illustrate the point that we do notice things um that patterns that we are drawn to and then they become more significant to us whether or not they exist to other people is just because they don't notice it doesn't mean they don't also exist in the world so uh as i say that is a roundabout way to say that we can always celebrate wins um because there's always stuff to celebrate so this intro, um, I just want to celebrate my cousin, Justine, who I call Ray Ray, um, because she got married this weekend, and she's like, I joke and say I'm the dumbest cousin, okay, I don't mean that in an insecure way, I mean that in a hype up my cousins kind of way, okay, I don't think I'm dumb, but I do lo- like to say I'm a dumb little bitch, but my cousin, Justine, went to college at like 16 years old, graduated Dartmouth at 19, and um, is married at 25, and beautiful wedding, beautiful husband, beautiful family, uh, <laughs> I say that, <laughs> I was thinking of my aunt, my aunt and an uncle, not like myself, but um, it was really, really, really nice, I brought my boyfriend to Miami, where we got to uh, meet his aunt, and then he met my aunt, um, it was a very small wedding, because the only family there was me, my sister, and then her immediate family, <clears throat> so because of COVID and all that, my family, my parents didn't even go. So my boyfriend has met my aunt before my mom in person. Um, he has met her, my mom on FaceTime though. So congratulations to the happy newlywed couple. Um, I'm so excited for them. Um, I just can't believe it's already halfway through the summer. It's pretty wild. Um, this intro, I kind of want to just get something off my chest in the spirit of confessing secrets and being hyped up. I've talked a lot about uh, my sort of leaving my my past employment behind and starting this new journey as a freelancer and full-time um, <clears throat> and having faith in myself. And it's been, uh, you know, I really do have a positive outlook and put that out into the world because I don't think we need more complaining whiners in the arts because, you know, I chose this life. I know I did, okay? So it's, I'm not saying I'm not allowed to be unhappy. <clears throat> That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that ultimately over everything, I know that I chose to pursue a difficult career. So when I complain, it's mostly just to complain, <laughs> but I'm happy to be doing this. Of course, there are hard days, um, but I wanted to talk about something sort of uh, personal because as you know, I started an OnlyFans a few months ago um, at the behest of OnlyFans, um, Someone from their team reached out to me when I made a joke about it, starting at OnlyFans for wholesome content, and um, they said they were reaching out to comedians, which, in all fairness, they were. There are other comedians on it. 
But I want to share a bit about my experience on it so far. And if you follow me on it, you may have gotten a message from me over the past week. And this is just to get into sort of, this is about that. Okay, so you may um, already be aware of this. And it's I'm really beating around the bush. It's really not a big deal. Beating is probably not the right terminology to use here. Um, basically, uh, I feel that OnlyFans... I'm still sticking around to kind of like in my having the thinking the best of the platform and they're actually trying to recruit comedians and being earnest about it. Um, but I, I, the more that I'm, the longer that I'm on it, the more I feel that the um, recruiters were a little bit misleading. Um, I get the sense that they've been trying to skew all of their creators to fit their mold, even though they say you could do whatever you want on it. What I mean um, is, as I've said many times, I have friends on OnlyFans who do sex work, and I don't, I'm not ashamed of sex work. I think it's really great they do that, but I am a comedian. I'm not trained in sex work. I don't have plans to go into it, and I know that to do anything well, you have to put effort, energy, and time into it, and that's not right now where my bandwidth is. So point being... Um, I've been very clear that when I'm on OnlyFans, I really am using it the way they have advertised to me, which is to try to connect to my fans through kind of my bizarre side comedy and more of my offline personality. Um, and then in the last couple of weeks, they reached out to have me make a video to promote and they said they would help me promote it. And that was really cool. Um, my first, The first draft I got back from them, because they edited a bit, was really tweaked in a way that made it seem like they were promoting me as a sex worker, which is, again, okay if it was honest mistake, right? A lot of sex workers use their platform. Just a bit bizarre, considering that I they cut out the part where I said they recruited me to do wholesome content, that I'm a comedian, blah, blah, blah. They put me as a dancer, <clears throat> used videos from my um, YouTube and Instagram that weren't the ones I shared uh, from my OnlyFans. Anyways, this is not to shit on OnlyFans. I'm sure they're still figuring it out. But let's get forward to now. And I've made my profile free like they suggested. Um, and, you know, with a couple more premium videos behind paywalls. And over the weekend, I got a ton of new followers. And I'm saying, like, uh, went from, like, probably, like, 100 to 4,000. And all and my inbox is flooded with messages that are kind of lewd. And, and you know, I know that's what a lot of people use OnlyFans for. But what has kind of um, irked me, I guess, is not the messages. is the way that the platform, I feel like, misled me. Because I feel like they must be promoting my page very differently than I am promoting myself. And I know in their mind, they're probably like, well, the more users on the platform, the better. And, you know, you're just a little bug and it's fine if you don't survive. But to me, like, I, that's false advertising. I don't advertise to be on there to send sex to my followers. I'm on there because I get vulnerable and I'm happy to converse with them and share the secrets and be a confidant. I literally call my followers confidants because I trust you guys and you trust, sorry, I say you guys, you all people and you trust me. Um, and I actually take that very seriously, right? I respect my confidants just as I hope they respect me. But what I felt was lacking in a lot of the messages was respect. Uh, I'm just straight up getting messages like, well, you said nudes. How about a sexy video? Or like, oh, you're ugly anyways. 
and just straight up unsolicited dick pics, which, look, <clears throat> nothing wrong with people who like sending dick pics, but what part of my profile makes you think I want that, right? I, I just think that if I wanted dick pics, I would have just stuck to Instagram. <laughs> That's only halfway a joke. But I, I started OnlyFans because I wanted to, I knew that less of my confidants would be down to read my weird poetry and listen to my weird rants about the singularity. But I wanted to know that when I was putting out there, the people who were watching it wanted to hear it. So I don't, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't care if it's five people who, the same five people who watch everything, as long as they love it. What I, what I feel I'm now losing, though, with getting more followers, and I'm not complaining about followers, but I'm saying that, like, 4,000 people who signed up because they think I'm going to post a nude, to me, is not helpful to them or myself. Because not only do I feel an obligation to respond to messages because that's the point of the platform is that I can be more accessible and reach you. But I also feel that they probably aren't going to get what they want by following me. And, you know, I know they're an adult and I've learned in therapy that it's like you can't control people's reactions. So I'm I'm not trying to control anybody, right? They can feel how they feel when they watch my videos. But I do feel that I'm losing this chance to connect to the fewer followers that actually do want to see what I'm putting out and do get it. And by it, I mean the me, right? Because now I'm looking through the 4,000 messages or whatever to find people who vibe with me. And it's not all like, oh, send a nude, right? Some people are just saying, hi, how are you? So to me, that's a message I might respond to. But I get overwhelmed responding to that if what comes next is something sexual, unsolicited. So I guess I just wanted to take this time to talk about it. I... I um feel, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm not complaining, right? But I just, I'm, I'm realizing I'm growing, which is in line with the congratulations pod because I'm very excited that OnlyFans recruited me and, you know, helped me get launched. But I am a bit disappointed and I want to share that because I think it's honest that um, I haven't been able to be presented in the way that they promise that I would be and it's putting me in position where it feels like I'm almost shaming sex work and I, I from the beginning didn't want that right I want to uplift what other people do on this platform but I want to be clear that I'm here to do what I do right just as I want to uplift their work I hope that they uplift my work and my work is comedy and weird <laughs> rants about the singularity. And I've always been very straightforward about that because can you imagine lying to someone and being like, follow my profile, look at my boobs, and then posting a 10-minute video essay that I actually worked hard on about intuition? Who wins there? Nobody. That's for nobody. So I would never do that because that would, first of all, open me up to a lot of <laughs> trolls. And second of all, it would disappoint a lot of people, right? I'm not trying to give anyone a softie, okay? I'm trying to find a safe place to post content that I find excites me, even though I know it can be more niche and other people don't want to see it on the main. That is literally why I joined OnlyFans. So all this is to say for anyone who has been following me and been part of this journey, thank you so much. I'm not done with it yet. I'm still continuing, but we're just... We're just figuring it out, okay? I'm growing, I'm learning. I didn't realize I'd be so uncomfortable with 4,000 direct messages asking to see nudes. 
Um, but I guess that is part of what happens when you start to grow. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, that being said, I have always been open about being sex positive, okay? So have your sexual feelings, but, you know, boundaries. Boundaries are important, please. If you're listening to this and you aren't sure what's appropriate to say, just go with your gut and say that if something is not consensual or not solicited, maybe just use the, you know, polite party rule, right? Would you yell this in the middle of a party if other people could hear your conversation? So I don't know. It's frustrating because while I'm out here telling people be sex positive, you know, explore your kinks and do all that, it frustrates me that some people get that confused with, oh, so that's an open door to say whatever I want and disrespect you because I don't know, like what part of my work that I put out makes people think that I'm going to secretly be posting nudes. Um, I love to post my butt. I post it on the main. There's no secret, okay? The butt's there. The butt's out there. You can follow the butt on Instagram. The butt is not on my OnlyFans. Follow my OnlyFans for the brain nudes, okay? The butt is on the Instagram because that's what the people like. And less people like the brain nudes. And that's why that's behind a paywall. Okay. That's what I wanted to get off my chest. It's been a strange time because, you know, we're almost back in quarantine, but not quite. Like, we're open here in LA, but there's a variant, and I've been hanging out with my boyfriend a lot again, you know, and I love him. But sometimes I feel like when I tell him this stuff, like, a part of me gets ashamed, and I don't want that, okay? The whole point of this is to not feel shame. So I just want to be open about my experience, and maybe somebody will relate to it. I don't know. All that being said, I appreciate so much for anyone who's been following me through this wacky journey I've been on through quarantine, discovering myself, and the fact that I love to write bad poetry, okay? Again, I will never just say poetry because it is bad, and I don't mind. I like that it's bad. I'm not trying to be good. I'm trying to express myself, and I want to open up a niche for people who also want to express themselves and aren't trying to be good. Okay. All that being said, I am trying to be good at comedy, so let's get into this podcast. This is a long enough intro, so we're going to skip the games. We'll be back next week with games. Don't forget, though, I if you um, have a goal you want to achieve this month, the 30-day challenge is still on. I am going to read some of your challenges because I got some I got some submissions from y'all um, next week on the intro. So if you, it's not too late, if you had something you want to accomplish this month, it could be as little as mine, which is to put up curtains in my room, or um, as big as my sister's, which is to get rid of one thing a day increasingly, like one thing one day, two things the next day, three. Pretty wild um, in a Marie Kondo quick way. So that's her challenge. That's my sister. You can follow her at House Cat. She's a DJ and a musician. Really wonderful. And share that with me on the Discord, which is linked in the at Tell Me Anything Pod Instagram, or email me Tell Me Anything Pod at gmail.com. I might read your post next week. Um, I can keep it anonymous if you'd like, but I'm not gonna hold back this episode any longer. I'm so excited because this is week one with my friend Michael Swaim, who many of you know because many of you. We're followers of Cracks, and he is an OG. We had so much fun talking. Truly, Michael and I. Swaim and I, I guess. I always feel weird calling... We call him Swaim, but then I am always so formal on pods. Um, we never hung out one-on-one when I worked at Cracked, but we've always gotten along. I really love his voice, and, you know, we interact 
online and we're, we were colleagues and I respect his work, but I really wanted to get to know him better. So we, I, I asked him to do this and he is so, I love how high energy and how just positive he is um, because of course he was on board and he really puts the effort into everything, like listens to episodes and makes sure he's prepared. And I just love that. I wish it's so infectious. I wish that we could all be as, you know, I don't know, what's the word, um, uh, genuine and authentic as he is. So I had so much fun talking to Swaim and really, really, really great series. So it's going to be episodes of Swaim all month. Um, just, you got to listen. Okay. He has many goals and a lot of things happen and you may already know what I'm talking about if you follow him, but, um, stuff happens. Okay. A month is, might feel short, but shit happens. All right, so without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Michael Swaim, and don't forget to listen to his podcast on Small Beans. You could follow that, and he has a new uh, series out called Star Trek The Next Futurama. Enjoy. All right. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations to you, too. I love that. I haven't even started. Congrats to everyone. That's so fun because I um, you know this, but as I'm doing this pod, it's like I'm doing that live element so I can play around with it you know usually people do like test episodes but I'm playing around with it as I make it and then it will be like edited more formally but um you just gave me if you don't mind me crediting you for this a great intro I just show up when I'm told (laughs) but you're you're already a genius because um you know every podcast needs like a great way to start and I say congratulations to my guests and my guest says it to me after we like shared news but I love that right off the bat instead of saying hello, you said congratulations. So I'm totally going to be taking that for future episodes. Um, but congrats. I'm going to introduce you. Congratulations, Michael Sway, my guest uh, for this month. Uh, we were co-workers at Cracked. Uh, he has patreon.com slash small beans where you can see all of his creative work. Like truly, I'm always amazed by how much Swim does because not only are you working full time doing awesome shit, but sorry, I can swear. I don't, it's my pod. I almost apologize to myself. <laughs> um, but also, you're like recording a million podcasts, producing podcasts, writing, directing features. It's truly the list goes on and on. And um, I'm always very impressed. So, welcome to the Congrats podcast, Michael Swim. Oh, thank you. And a congrats <laughs> to you, Teresa. I'm so happy to be here in this nebulous uh, liminal space with you. Thank you. I feel like I do owe you an explanation of Clubhouse because of how confused you sound. But I'll just say that you're doing it right if you sound confused because I. F- oh, good. Yeah, because that, that's it. Kind of just showed up out of nowhere. I think they did the thing where they got like some influencers and maybe like you know celebs and tech startup people um, involved more inner circle. So that's how it kind of had a rush but there's never been like a true like this is how you do it and that is why I don't know if I'm doing it right but what I like about it is it feels like a radio station but for your friends like you can kind of tune in to conversations um at any hour uh most of the time now it's all about like nfts which is not really what I'm trying to listen to but Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. eventually you know if more of your friends and network and people who share interests with you get on then you can kind of like just like scroll through and jump in as a listener or as a speaker so that's I think that's like the general vibe of Clubhouse now that I've been on it for like one month (laughs) 
Have, by the way, congrats on your album. Really. Oh, thank you. Oh, Cause... thanks so much. <laughs> wow, you're stealing the, the hosting spot. I mean, you know, when you uh, get another pod- fellow podcast host on the, on a podcast, it does become a game of hosting. Um, <laughs> but thank you. No, I love oh, that. Well, I was going to ask if you were going to, if you had any plans to NFT it. <gasps> Give someone the official, like, <laughs> Wu-Tang style. You know, the I... seriously comedy album. I still am not quite sure that NFT is not a scam or a pyramid scheme, but I did because I've been talking a lot about the singularity and Bitcoin, mostly for fun, but also because I just think like, you know, um, that that like traditional Joe Rogan fan space needs more um, like bisexual Asian girl representation um, to sure. know so that it doesn't only have to exist in that <laughs> Joe Rogan <laughs> experience space. So um although i'm not like an advocator of nfts the way i think tech bros are i always very interested in new stuff like that so i did look into it i did yeah. full disclosure i guess i can share this as a congrats thing it's it's just kind of silly but it's it's not bad news so it's allowed i made an nft because i wanted to know what it was um this is why i feel like it's a scam so it cost me like 80 us dollars to make it because i had to first set up an account with Ethereum, which I wouldn't have recommended to anyone except for the fact that I'm trying to learn more in general about crypto. So to me, I'm like putting it into this like research investing, like kind of like going to grad school um, as opposed to like spending it on something I think will have a return, which I do not. But I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. I tried to look into crypto to buy something from a friend who was like i'll only sell you this thing if you give me crypto hmm, and I was it drugs no i'm just kidding. i can't figure out crypto this is not positive news but it's not <laughs> negative it's neutral okay. i can't figure out how cryptocurrency works either Teresa. That's... all the time i spend podcasting <laughs> and such i should be learning how different social networks work and how crypto works but i won't do it you know, I don't I, think I, you need to know. I understand you can just buy it on PayPal now, but I still don't <laughs> trust it. I know that mining for like Bitcoin is very, uh, you know, electricity taking. That's not mm-hmm, a proper mm-hmm, term. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think buying it from a platform because that's usually mm, it's like an exchange where someone else has bought it and you're buying it from them. And this is where it gets uninteresting. So I will stop and instead tell you what my NFT was because I, I do think it's a little bit more fun. Um, what I decided to make, not the album, because I didn't feel confident enough in doing that, and I'm glad I didn't, was I took a gif of me uh, dancing in a SpongeBob costume I made out of paper bags. Um, I am also wearing stripper heels on a pole, but like the rest of it is a SpongeBob costume, and it's just like <laughs> me, like kind of shaking my butt, and it's it's like supposed to be like fun, not sexy, um, but I think. The internet responded to it in a way that was like, what the fuck? So I made that GIF an NFT. What the fuck? Or, hey, this is sexy. We feel sexy. I don't. Did they commodify it as a sexy item? No. Well, I'm sure some people may think that. But I tend to, like, this is my, okay, I want your opinion on this. And then I also want to hear actual good news. But what is your opinion on, like, adults showing butt? Because, and and I'm not like, not even gender specific. Don't even think about outfits or context because to me, I think butts are just funny, but I'm curious if I am like a minority in this, like, what do you, Um, 
I really like a good butt if I want to feel sexy. Butts do make me feel sexy. But I think as a comedian, I completely see what you're saying, that it's also like a bottomless <laughs> uh, resource for comedy. <laughs> I mean, it's like a big round blob of fat that makes like a horn sound sometimes as gas ejection. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It's hilarious. Butts are very hilarious. Uh, and you can always like whip out your butt in a video if you need that to go that extra comedy mile. <laughs> okay, but, I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm like trying to so show funny. my butt. But yeah, this is where I get into like, am I being naive? Because I have always thought butts were funny, like as a kid, because butts are funny. And I'm not talking like in a sexual way, because obviously I am a complicated adult who understands context and nuance. Just like, you know, you can see a Rembrandt and you're not like, oh, I have to jerk off. But also like, so it's like, I know there are butt pictures right. that are I meant to be. I don't eat my girlfriend out and suddenly see her butt and go, oh my God, uh, yeah, yeah. this is hilarious. <laughs> I feel like that was like a it humble, humble the brag there. Uh, and, and I'll say congrats to you uh, on, on uh, the healthy sex life with your girlfriend, Michael. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. But um, yeah, I think the butt thing gets complicated with like being, uh, this is where like gender comes into play because I feel like I have as a comedian so much fun when, you know, it's like I don't, I, like dudes just, <laughs> the mooning is funny to me. Like a non-sexual moon, like, you know, we're not seeing anything except for the fact that it's like, aha, eat my shorts, you know. I've always found that to be funny and I'm like also playful. So to me, like, I like to delight. There's uh, a double standard there for sure. Yeah, but the what what makes it hard is like, so then I always try to put it in a context. Like, so I'm like, okay, if I wear a SpongeBob paper bag or if I do that like then it's obvious like this is funny but th that's where I get like am I being naive like if butt shows and it's a girl are people just like oh but so that's where I'm like oh I wish the world could catch up because it's just so funny to me to I don't know no it can be done I've definitely laughed about especially I don't know if this works this way for everyone who feels like they embody more masculine energy but I definitely feel like I went through puberty and then it ended. You know what I mean? Like there was a time that I really couldn't be mature and everything did make me horny and it was almost unbearable. And then it passed. And at this point, that was many years ago. So it's like now, yeah, if you put the context, like let's say, like it doesn't matter how attractive or my type, let's say, a woman is, if she is wearing a rubber green goblin mask while she shows her butt, that's funny. Yeah. More than sexy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm I agree with you. you yeah. Yeah. Context. Like I'm not showing teenagers my butt. Okay. I'm glad we cleared <laughs> that up because <laughs> yeah, I think there, it comes back around as an adult where I think when we're all adults and we understand, we can just laugh. And that's where I hope for my audience to be. But sometimes <laughs> I think I am too hopeful. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'm like, I got to check in with my other guy comedian friends and be like, is, am I missing something? Um, but speaking about, speaking about checking in, um, what's going on? This is our first first one of this session. Um, so these will be like, yeah. you know, throughout the month. I love doing this because um, I think people, myself included, don't always consider, you know, all of our little accomplishments as much as our failures. And I think over a month you realize like, wow, you've actually done so much and it's so fun and I want to hype you up. So um, since it's the first one, I mean, it doesn't have to be from this week, but it can be. But if there's anything going on you want to share that you're excited about, um, accomplished about or anything like that, I'd love to hear it. Absolutely. I would say the main thing, and thank you for asking, is that uh, I've, I'm 
pushing ahead at a very healthy clip on making a movie, just <gasps> doing it and not asking for permission from the industry or seeking millions and millions of dollars of funding. And, oh, no, I can't make the movie because we have to have the scene with the helicopter and we can't afford a helicopter. I guess we'll just wait five more years and keep trying to get the money. Uh, no, we're making a goddamn movie. Heck That's yes. the thing I'm most excited about is that I'm staying on the wagon and like spending all my weekends and, and nighttime working on the movie about, uh, I mean, my dad's butt, I guess. Ooh, oh, I think I know. When my dad came out. Yes, when I, I was think 16. I. I remember <laughs> the seedling of this idea. Congratulations! This this is huge because, I mean, as um yeah, having like when we work together at Cracked, it's like I know mm -hmm. everyone has talks about like we want to do the movie things like that, but like we were starting in sketch comedy, so that is honestly like it's so cool because like I know for your. 100% capable of writing and directing and making it. Or, or, or I don't know if oh, Abe is directing you. or whoever, but like, I know you're 100% capable of making it happen. So it's cool that like, you're like, now I am going to take that step. So congratulations. Thank you so much. And it really feels like more of a therapy win than a work win because it completely <laughs> has shifted my life. Oh, I yeah. really thought I was like waiting for permission from other mm. people to mm. say that my life was valid or at least the work part of my life. And now I feel like, oh, I was already valid. Mm -hmm. I can just do whatever I want. Everyone is just going to die eventually. Just <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> if you're not hurting other people, obviously. Yes. And I, and I think like that's a, I like that like comedic simplification, but the reality is like you also didn't just like come out of the gate day one, you know, out of college, like do whatever I want. I want to make a movie. Like you did actually like, you you are valid and can do it but like you did to learn and grow and have that experience and then you are you're aware that you have that experience now so i do think that, oh like, yeah it's yeah. the the frustrating feeling for the last five years has been the feeling of i know i could do the job but i'm just waiting in line because there's yeah. everyone wants to do that job because it's a fun job and there's not enough jobs to go around <laughs> and it's like that's all well and good but i realized so much more of that is in my control than i thought like i thought yeah, you know, I have to, I have to get in line and wait for the person at the front of the line to say, "You, you're the chosen one," <laughs> and it's not. It's just simply not true. A money in this day and age—that's mm -hmm. a reason we're very lucky. You really can just swallow your pride and be like, "I'm going to shoot this on my phone," but at least I'll prove that I can write a movie and I'll prove that you know we can make a movie. And yeah. I, ooh, I'm so excited. Oh, I, I love, love that so much. <laughs> it, it is like, I mean, you brought up the album, but that's kind of like what I was embarrassed at first to do it because in the same way, I was like, I've been waiting, you know, to get a showcase or a late night set or anything. And I, anytime people are like, what are your credits? I'm like, nothing, literally nothing. Like I, I've not done anything of note in standup, but like then the pandemic hit and I was like, well, I really won't be doing anything this year of note. So might as well publish this thing. And might as well speak it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what happened? And I just thought, they... hey, you uh -huh. got a, a Lori Kilmartin retweet. Oh. If I were you, that would have made my day. Oh, thank you. it did make my day. Oh, thank you for yeah, Congrats. for noticing that. I um I feel like the funny thing that you'll probably will happen for sure is like you'll make this movie, you'll be like, I did it, and then and then other all these like gatekeepers will be like, Oh, you can do it and then you were like I know that's what I've been saying and then like that's when you realize they need you more than you need them and you'll have like the pick of the litter but it's so funny how that always works out like that 
It does. I think that's very valid. Mm-hmm. Um, my puppy turned one. <gasps> Congratulations! Yesterday. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Wait, I've seen and pictures. And we launched the new podcast. I think that's those are all the ones this week. Those are huge. Wait, <laughs> tell tell me about okay puppy's name. The puppy is named Rolly Bush, and he's named after another podcast character because life is just a series of metatextual references now to me. You're the podcast king. Um, yeah, but uh, the podcast labyrinth but, uh, king. Labyrinth king. He's a he's a little husky pup, and he's Aww. adorable. I love and, husky pups. Uh, are you going to teach him to talk? My hand. They. Hmm? Oh, I said, are you going to teach him to talk? Because I think huskies are the ones that talk, right? He naturally honks, like he goes, oh, oh my so I think it's the kind of sound that if you worked at it, you could morph it into an I love you. No. You know, those dogs you see on YouTube that go, I don't know if we'll do that, but we could, we that, could, Teresa. That's so funny. We'll I'm see. like, that's, that's what I'm going to say when I'm, uh, I mean, now I'm in a happy, healthy relationship, but in my former years of dating people who did not, were not available, I'm like, I could morph this into an I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I bet I can get him to say something approximate. Yeah, 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 you. yeah. What did you say? You wanted to get Thai food? Is it close enough? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. Did they mean it? It doesn't matter. Listen, it matters. Yeah. It's about the sound. <laughs> um, that's really exciting. Actually, I have a dog. Congrats, news to share too, because my my dog Wushu, who you have met, um is uh, g- generally quite a grump and jealous of other dogs. Like, he loves other dogs to play with, but when I, like, I don't know how to explain this, but, like, when I live with it, like, if I'm ha- watching another dog or if I'm at a friend's place with another dog for more than a few days, he, like, really shows jealousy, like, in a way where he'll, like, ignore the mm-hmm. dog, walk away, and, like, want my attention. But the good news is um, my boyfriend is watching his parents' dog, very cute little dachshund, like a baby under one years old, and... At first, Wushu exhibited this jealous behavior and we, uh, you know, we're just kind of being like, oh, you're being a grump. And then I thought, I was like, you know what? He needs something. Even though he's a dog, as a person, I realized like nobody ever acts out because they want you to feel bad. So I was like, let me change my tactic. And I was more patient with him. Of course, I didn't give him everything he wanted, but I, when he was more nice and like kind of in the corner being sad instead of whining I would go and give him attention and like kind of assure him and I it was the hard way to do it but I basically tried to like do a version of parenting where I focused on the needs and then Mm -hmm. um yesterday they just started playing together and like got along (gasps) fabulously and we're like literally tossing up like the dachshund has a ball that she loves and she would try to get us to toss it but we got tired and so she brought it to wushu and wushu he can't throw but he would sit on the couch and like nudge it with his nose and then she would like run and get it and bring it back and they were straight up playing and i was like oh my god i feel like i like taught my son how to like share and like it was really cool (laughs) You're like with Helen Keller at the water pump. Like, it's communicating. They're connecting. Yeah, because I think uh, I addressed yeah, his need. We're trying to get our cat to tolerate our dog, <laughs> and that's not going as well. But maybe by the end of this month, we're working on desensitization Ooh. with the cat. Because okay. what our the little husky will do is try to push on the cat's belly oh, yeah, yeah. to get her to chase him. <laughs> Cats don't want none of that. The cat doesn't want you to push on its belly like with your dog paw. 
Yeah. No way. Well, cats, I think, are smart in that they will definitely, like, they'll hide until they know for sure they're not in danger. So, like, what will probably happen is the cat's assessing, and then there's going to be a day where the cat's curious, and we'll just be like, all right, I'll be friends with you, and then, like, you'll know because that's when they won't run away. Yeah, the cats just continuously avoided it completely, but we're Mm -hmm. thinking... Like, every once in a while, you'll just see the cat, like, while the dog is asleep in the sunlight, the cat will come and smell it all over its head Aww. and then leave. And we're like, someday, the cat is going to play with the dog, I bet. That's so we got some Milo Notice action going. I love that. Um, well, I have one one final one. Is there anything else you want to share before I give give my, my final um, one a little bit? Just that, uh, just my new podcast. Oh, duh. I'm sorry. I like blank. I wanted to ask about that. Tell me more about the name and where to find it and what, what it's. Yeah. Yeah. That's patreon.com slash small beans where all our stuff is, but it's called Star Trek, the next Futurama. And it's sort of a dissection of the idea of utopia. And Mm. we, we analyze the concept of utopia and whether it is achievable through the lens of Star Trek episodes and Futurama episodes, because we realize those are like the two notable optimistic sci-fi things. You know what I mean? They assume, uh-huh. what would the future be like if everything worked out and humanity was good inside? Mm. Which is not usually what sci-fi things posit. <laughs> uh-huh. I love that. I, Futurama is a show where I like I came to it later, which like... I wish I watched it when it was on TV, but I like when it was on, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but I, I think it was streaming for a while. I came to it and then like got obsessed and was like, what, how, like I, sometimes I get upset that sci-fi doesn't market to me. Cause it wasn't until I was an adult that I was like, I love all these things, but clearly they didn't think I was in the demographic. Cause I, like the, these are popular things yeah. that I, uh, other people found out about. So I guess I was Perfect. left out of the marketing. <laughs> Wait, wait, are you talking about Star Trek or Futurama? Uh, Futurama. Star Trek, I was aware of enough and watched some and (laughs) was okay with it. But yeah, Futurama, I was like instantly obsessed with when I watched it, when it started like streaming again on Netflix. And I was just surprised that like nobody told me to watch it. They didn't market it to me. I was like, what? I was aware of it and I didn't know it'd be a show I would love. And I love it. It's so good. And that's a show actually that I, I know they notably make, uh, Amy and Leela, I would say, have many moments where they're naked in a way that is both sexy and funny. Yeah. To bring us full circle. Yeah. True. They and do it, funny girl butts on that do. show. They do. And yeah, I like, I, I like that show because, yeah, I think with uh, it, like sci-fi shows that just show society living in a future where like it's different, like there's aliens, there's robots, but it's not like Maybe because it's comedy. I'm, I'm wondering if that's what it is. Because then they're not like... Uh, some of those like really dramatic ones are always so heavy-handed with, you know, like allegories of like, well, this alien tribe is standing for this exact type of person. And you're like, but the future wouldn't like be like that. It, yes, it, there would be differences and problems, but like we're, we're trying to create a new world, not exactly the same thing with, you know, metaphors, <laughs> but... I like yeah, that. where you're like this planet is an analogy for Jewish people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they should be aliens. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, I love that. I'll end with this. This is a little one, but it's one that like mm-hmm. one of these little things that are like not a cool enough milestone to be like share online. But I um, made me all giddy inside. Is I hosted a online show for Greg Proops who 
obviously I'm a huge fan of, but how it came about was I was hosting for this like online club called Nowhere Comedy. And one time they had paired me with his show um, to host and he really enjoyed my hosting and then like specifically reached back out to ask me to do the show. And even though I was, oh, usually the hosts don't get um, even really tagged in these things, but I I think he was doing like a a nice little favor, like, you know, to a newer comic because he every time he promoted the show he'd like tag me and the and his opener and then watch the set and afterwards message me and said that I was very funny and that's like a silly thing to brag about but it made me so happy <laughs> no that's what yeah that's the you need those little breadcrumbs of validation that's great <laughs> just from other crafts people that you admire that's wonderful yeah congrats thank you congrats. thanks so much well, I guess we don't have any, we had two audiences that ended up disappearing, but um, if we ever get more in the future, we'll uh, open up the end to hype them up. And it's so nice to check in with you. Um, for all the listeners, you know, in the future, after this is recorded, go to patreon.com slash listen to the Star Trek podcast, listen to everything. Um, like follow Michael if you're not already. I'm sure you already are. Whoa. <laughs> and yeah, I'll catch you next week. Um, this has been congrats. Congrats, Michael, on having an awesome week and, and lighting up my day. Congrats, Teresa. <laughs> Talk to you next week. This okay. is a great idea. I love it. Love it. Bye. Thank you for listening to Congratulations. Congratulations is created and edited by Teresa Lee, recorded on Clubhouse, produced by the Hoo Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Podcast team includes Ashley McAtee, Audrey Pavar, Maggie Reed Austin, Katia Saad, Brian Middledorf. The theme song was written and performed by Hellrose. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at TellMeAnythingPod and write me anytime, TellMeAnythingPod at gmail.com. <laughs>